Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three row all electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode was originally a Patreon exclusive episode that was released on April 28th, 2022. Now, if you like this episode, we have over 135 Patreon-exclusive episodes that you can get access to for just $5. So check that out if you want to. No pressure. Also, one last thing. Since this was a Patreon-exclusive episode, it is not censored. There is some cursing. So keep that in mind. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next week. Welcome to series of the third kind Patreon exclusive. Welcome. First off, I want to say thank you to whomever you are listening for opening your minds to receive extra knowledge nuggets each week. It means a lot to all of us, and I want you to know that. Also, before we start, since you are a Patreon subscriber, remember that you get priority in topic suggestions. So feel free to shoot those suggestions on over to us either by email, Instagram, Facebook, Discord, direct message, Twitter, or you can write us a letter and send it to our P.O. box, or you can suggest them in the Patreon comments. All right, so today's episode is over the GATE program. So how this episode will go today is that we'll talk about what is the GATE program, and then we'll go into strange facts and findings, theories, and of course, wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. Do you remember in elementary school being pulled out of your classroom, taken into a room that didn't have any windows, and a stranger sitting there at a table waiting for you? This individual would give you various tests, such as showing you a picture and asking what you see, or putting headphones on you and asking what you hear. All around the United States, individuals are claiming that this happened to them. However, these memories are often being suppressed and forgotten. Majority of us were a part of this program, an innocent project that helps identify talented children. 
However, what if it wasn't so innocent, and instead is being used as a way to identify certain groups of individuals who might be a harm to the status quo? This is The Gate Program. All right. So last week, we mentioned on our Patreon episode how we were both part of this weird testing program in elementary school that was called the GATE program. Right, Dan? You remember that? Correct. I do. Well, after we published that episode, we had a lot of individuals comment on the Patreon episode stating, hey, we were a part of that program as well. And I was like completely shocked. I was like, dang. All these people were a part of it, too. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of people. Yeah. So that got us curious, and we decided to dive into this topic and see what it was all about. And there's a lot of weird things that we uncovered. So let's get into today's topic. Now, Dan, can you start it off for us and tell us what this GATE program is? Of course. So what is the GATE program? Well, GATE is actually an acronym for Gifted and Talented Education. Now, this is a program that is part of the American public school system that identifies talented kids. So these kids are then, and I quote, placed in various classes to give them unique education opportunities for them to become high-achieving individuals of society. By the way, that quote is straight from the 2005 California Department of Education. So each state in the United States sort of has its own procedures on how it determines who is gifted and talented. Now, even though each state has different procedures, the selection process between states are very similar. Pretty much they identify a talented child, give them some basic tests, and tell them, hey, you can uh, graduate early or you can attend these advanced classes with these other really smart students. Now, even though that is the official explanation, and it seems pretty innocent and straightforward as to how and why they select certain kids, many individuals all around the United States say that they remember it differently. And it isn't just one or two people who are saying this. There are thousands and thousands of people who are saying it. So what are these individuals saying that they experienced in this program and how it actually identified them? Now, what we're going to get into next is like the general overview of what happened to these kids or children after they were selected to be tested for this program. So what occurs is that students are usually in elementary school and between grades third, fourth, and fifth, they're put through some type of like written screening test. Now certain students are then selected based upon their scores and then they are given additional tests. Now these additional tests usually involve the student being taken out of their classroom. The selected student is then taken into a windowless room or the room has a covered window. Inside this room, there's an individual who does not work directly with the school, but instead for the state or the government for this testing program. This student is then given various tests, such as a hearing test in which the student places some headphones over their ears and then tells the individual inside the room with them you know, what sounds are being played or if they can actually hear the sound. Now, on some occasions during this hearing test, the student would be told to listen to certain tones that were kind of like a pattern of sorts. The audio would then stop 
and then the individual would ask the student, hey, what would be the next tone if I played this uh, sound again? And the student would have to guess it. Which, Dan, do you remember any of these tests? I do remember the sound test. I definitely remember having to put on big headphones. Yep. I remember the sound test. I remember the pattern test. Um, I, I remember all of them, especially this next one. Another test that has been reported is the inkblot test. Now, this is where the individual holds up various pieces of white paper that show blobs of black ink on them. The individual then asks what he or she sees in those ink blots. Now, just a little knowledge nugget. This is actually a real test, and it is called the Rorschach test, okay? And it was a test that was created in 1921 by Swiss psychiatrist Hermann Rorschach. So in the 1960s, this test became super popular, and it began being used widely to sort of like assess the cognition, personality traits, and to diagnose certain psychological conditions in an individual. So there you go, just a little FYI about those ink blot tests. So after these tests, the student would then return to their normal classes with the rest of their classmates. Now, it is stated that this student would then experience extreme fatigue and would space out. Also, there have been individuals who stated that this fatigue and weirdness would often carry over into their home. These individuals also stated when they closed their eyelids that they would see colorful fractal patterns. And just a random knowledge nugget, when I was reading over that and uh, researching into this and I heard about those colorful fractal patterns, it brought up a memory of me when I was in first, second, and third grade and what I would see. But I'm going to save that for, you know, theories. But it's, it's very, very weird. Like, it freaked me out. Okay? Anyways. All right. So, after these series of tests, the student would be separated into two categories. All right? There's category one, and then there's category two. Category one was for the kids who were selected after the GATE program testing. These category one kids were then groomed four specific classes. They were pushed towards certain things, and almost all of them pursued advanced degrees in medicine or some type of political career. And it seems like these kids also had sort of like help along the way. So those were the ones that were selected. Now, Dan, tell us about the rejects, the ones who weren't selected. Like me. And me. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Category 2 was for kids who didn't get selected. After the tests were concluded, these children found themselves in positions where their education was sabotaged from middle school on. They were refused entry into various schools, had a difficult time with various normal things, with it seeming like something would always go wrong. This, in turn, would make these children not be high achievers and instead become massive underachievers. Also, they would be surveillance and kept in a database to monitor them later on in life. I can say I've never actively been monitored that I'm aware of. I mean, besides almost every time going to the airport, I get pulled aside and patted down every single, well, almost every single time. I get patted down every single time. Well, that's because, I mean, you got a little tan to you, you know? Yeah, just a little. <laughs> and you got that nice, glorious beard, right? So. Oh, man. Racial profiling. That's pretty much what it is. It really is. The one time I went through the airport and I forgot I had a pack of gum in my back pocket, 
because I was going to chew it on the airplane so my ears will pop. Dude, they acted like it was a damn bomb. Wow. Yeah, they pulled me over to the side. They put it in their machine and everything. And I'm just like, oh, it's unopened. I just totally forgot it was there. Stand back, stand back. We have to check it. All right, it's just a pack of gum, brand new pack. My bad. All right, so the last time I flew on an airplane, uh, it was at the Boston airport where I had to go through TSA. And my laptop that I record with, I took with me. And this is the only time they'd done it, but they thought that there was a bomb or something inside of my laptop. Like they kept asking me, what is this? As they were like running it through the x-ray. And they were pointing at the GPU inside the laptop. And I'm like, that's the GPU. They're like, can you open it up and let us take a look at it? And I was like, no, that voids the warranty. I can't open it up. They're like, well, we can't see inside of it. How do we know? And I said, you could scan every single laptop in here and it will show you the same thing. They're like, okay, have a good day. I'm like, you damn right have a good day. Oh, they were testing you. Yeah, yeah, they were. They're just like, oh, watch this dumbass actually open up this laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so that is what the gate program is and what apparently occurs during it. So, of course, we're going to get into strange facts and findings now. And we have some pretty good ones. We dove pretty deep into this. And uh, we're going to go over some weird shit. So strap yourselves in. All right, Dan, start it off for us and tell us about the first strange fact and finding. All right. So our first strange fact and finding is stories from individuals who have actually experienced this program. Now, on last week's episode, we told you about our experiences with it. Then a lot of others started sharing their experiences with us. So we start off telling some of those stories. So the first person to comment about their gate experience was Pablo Y. And he said, and I quote, and this is in the Patreon comments, by the way. I clearly remember getting pulled into a classroom around third grade and they would show us flashcards and do puzzles. Now, after that comment, a lot of other individuals started sharing their experiences. And when I say a lot, there was a lot. For example, Jacob O. said, I remember that happening. I took a field trip with them as well. Puzzles, flashcards, memory tests, and a few others. Now, this just wasn't one person who said this. If you look at the comments, there are a ton more. Like Raquel L., who said, and I quote, I remember being called out from my classroom in third grade and being told I needed an assessment, and they pulled those butterfly-looking cars and asked me to hear certain sounds and then asked me how I felt after hearing those sounds. Wow, you guys make me remember that. Another example is from Charlotte M., who said, I totally remember getting pulled out of class in the third grade. I remember being only one of a handful of kids that were picked. They showed me a bunch of flashcards, and I remember wearing headphones and listening to sounds. Clearly, I didn't make the cut, but I always wondered what that was all about. So like we said, there were a ton of comments about this program. Just go back to last week's episodes and look for yourself. There is an assload of them. Now, that got us thinking, though. How many other people outside of our listeners have experienced this gate program? Well, we searched the interwebs and came across some interesting stories. All right. So the next story that we're going to talk about uh, comes from a paranormal form. Now, on this form, somebody created a topic where they were talking about the gate program. 
and an anonymous user commented on this thread and said, and we quote, I was in Gates in the early 2000s. I remember all of the weird shit such as ink cards, books, brain teasers, etc. I wasn't from a prestigious family, but my father was an army officer. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, but later went on to become a social worker. I do have a weird history of cops and authority figures being very lenient towards me. I did go on to join the military and do intelligence work, and I have an active clearance. And then I got out and made a lot of money doing contractor work briefly before getting burnt out. I'm in my early 30s now, and I've given all of that up to work on a farm in the Midwest and focus on my personal spiritual development. I am psychic, and so are my parents. I only recently found out they're into esoteric stuff after asking them when I heard about these gate threats. I don't know what to make of it. You know what? That sounds awfully similar to my path, besides working on a farm. I mean, I didn't do military or intelligence work, but I did have an active clearance, and then I got burnt out doing the contractor work. I quit it all, and now I'm doing this full-time, just kind of like finding my spiritual development, you know? But I'm not psychic or anything. Huh. Yeah, I'm not psychic either. I mean, my dad was army, my mom was stay-at-home mom, but... Yeah. You know what? We should, uh call Anna later on and ask her if she was exposed to this or if she had any experience growing up with this gate program. Ooh, I bet you she did. Yeah, I think we're going to do that. That's going to be towards the end. Look forward to that. All right, so let's get back on the topic and talk about the next story. So the next one we have is from the website Reddit. Now, around eight months ago, a user named Elite Source Player commented on a Reddit post where people were talking about this gate program. The user said, and we quote, Wow, this thread is bringing parts of memories to the surface. I was tested in kindergarten and placed immediately in gifted and talented. I remember the only question I missed, it was the bonus question. What is a baker's dozen? I was so upset that I didn't know, I guess, 12. Damn, I just had like a memory come up when you were reading that. And I thought I did all my testing when I was uh, in elementary, but in ninth grade, I remember being pulled into a, a room with a lady who asked me a bunch of different questions. And one of the things she asked me was to remember a color. And she told me at the beginning the color was brown. And then she went through like a fucking ass load of questions. And then at the end of it, she said, what was that color? And I said brown. And I remember it to this day. And maybe it's like my trigger word, you know. Maybe I'm like some secret operative like CIA asset where they're going to come by me and say, code brown, code brown. And then I like immediately shit my pants or something. <laughs> brown know. bomber, brown bomber. <laughs> but that just, that, what you just read just made me, uh, you know, think of that. Anyways, we'll continue on with the story. All right. So this person said, I honestly don't remember much of what I did for the six years I was in that program. However, I went every single week. Now, I do remember that we went on a few off-campus field trips, and I remember that we had to read and write book reports on massive books in the second grade, like the biography of Richard Nixon. That's so fucking weird. I wrote a biography on Andrew Jackson. Damn. 
I don't remember writing any of those. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> anyway. I remember going to a girl's house one weekend who lived with her grandmother. She wasn't a friend from my regular classes. I'm pretty sure she was in the program with me. This memory is blocked and I get freaked out about it. But I remember her grandmother drawing the curtains and showing us some weird cartoon. I don't remember what it was about, though. That's kind of scary. That is kind of scary. The last thing I remember from that time was I was chosen in the second grade out of my entire school district to spend the night in a museum with a dozen other kids around the city in a mummy exhibit. We stayed there after hours, no parents, and we were in the same room as the mummy in a glass case. God damn. I remember we could get up whenever we wanted to and look at them. We made real mummy masks over our faces and other things I've blocked. In fifth grade, I randomly decided to stop. I remember the GT teacher tried to get me to come back, but I decided I was done with the shit. Man, that's a weird story, huh? Yeah. I wonder if they were, like, putting those kids inside there with that uh, mummy to, like... Desensitize them? I, I don't know, to get the mummy to come to life, to see if it would come and attack the kids? I mean, why would you leave kids in a room, unsupervised, with a real mummy? I, and I know they're not alive or anything like that. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, if you're a museum, first of all, you wouldn't have any kids unsupervised at an exhibit. Right, because if that was indeed a real mummy, it's got to be worth some money or be very valuable. You don't want the kids ruining it. So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And things just keep getting weirder. So our next strange fact and finding is about memory triggers, which during us reading this, I've had like two or three, okay? Um, so it seems to be very common for people to have completely forgotten that they were a part of this testing until you mention it or show them some of the items that were used on them while the testing was being performed. So we were able to pull up images of four items that were commonly used during these testings. So the first one is one of the ink block test images. And if you look at that, it looks like a moth or maybe like a Bird or the Batman signal? I was thinking like a mixture of the moth with the Batman signal with like two little claws at the top. Yeah. And there's, I think there's 10 total that they show you. And some of them are multiple different colors. And how this test works is that if you have issues identifying or seeing something in each one of the images, say if it's the colorful one and you can't, and you can't say like, oh, it looks like a moth or it looks like a whatever then that tells the person doing the test on you, oh, they have issues with socializing or they have issues with sexual gratification or some shit like that. It's very weird. Really? Yes, yes. Um, and just a little FYI, this image, uh, this ink blot uh, image, I posted it on Instagram on our stories, just this image without any words or nothing. That's kind of like a clue to our episode this week. And a lot of people commented, Moth? Batman? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. yeah. All right, Dan, tell us about this next test. The second one is the four symbols test, which it's an image with four different symbols, first one being a plus sign, 
Second one being a star. Third one being three wavy lines. I guess it's like a river type symbol. And then that last one is a square. Yeah, and on top of that, it says choose one of these four symbols. I remember that test. I chose the river. I think I chose the square. Hmm. Okay. I guess we were both wrong. <laughs> I guess so, too. All right, so the third image is one of the headphones that uh, were used back then. God, I hate that one. And I still, to this day, can remember putting those headphones on and how they feel around your ears and that cord. I can remember it. Can you? Dude, I remember how friggin' tight it was around your head. Oh, my God. Just squeezing against your ears. Yes. Oh, I remember those. But yeah, that cord. Mm-hmm. All right, what's this next one? All right, and the fourth one is the reading cards that were used. They were the SRA Reading Laboratory 3A cards. And, oh God, that right there triggers, oh, I hated those cards so much. Yeah, it looks like on the, uh, what is that, on the container? On the container top of the cards, the artwork is a uh, windmill with uh, like a sun going down. So, and it's like an orange color. But yeah, I remember those as well. I just remember the teacher, she would pull that box out and she would go through the cards very slowly. And I just hated the sound of those cards flipping because she would do it so slowly. Damn. I remember that too. Oh, man. Damn. I'm looking up those cards right now. Le- Reading Laboratory 3A cards. If I buy some, I'm just going to burn them. <laughs> Get out of my memory. Oh, damn. Yeah, I hate those cards. Let's see, what is the, that one thing? Inventory of components. Yeah, we're going to have to buy one of those so we can look through it and then test each other. Did you find any? No, I haven't. Well, I didn't really look that hard, but I'm sure we can find some. All right, so let's head on to our next strange fact and finding, which is about similarities. So as we were digging into this topic, we ended up finding a very popular form where individuals were talking about this gate program. Now, someone on that form started to point out similarities about the individuals who were being selected for this testing. So we're going to go over a few of these similarities, okay? So the first similarity that we're going to talk about is that everyone who was selected had a occipital bun. Now, this occipital bun is pretty much the bump in the back of your skull, and it is often referred to as, like, the math bump. How's it called? What is it called again? Occipital. Uh, Occipital? Occipital. Occipital. Oh, that's such a weird word. Now, a little knowledge nugget. But this bump was pretty common in the early modern Europeans. However, these bumps are fairly infrequent now. Now, this bump is frequently discussed in anthropological literature as a Neanderthal trait, but hardly reported in medical literature. It is a frequent finding among males, and it is often used in gender determination in forensic investigations. Now, what does this bump actually mean, though? Do people who have it have some type of special powers? I like to believe that because I got a very large one. Do you? That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, baby. Yeah, I have a... I want to say mine's large. But you have a big one. Yeah. Okay. So, 
scientists don't really know what this bump means or what it does. I mean, they kind of suspect a few things, like they have, like they have a few theories. Like they think that the uh, occipital bun might correlate with the like biomechanics of running. Um, now, there's another theory that um, they said that it attributes this occipital bun with the cerebellum, which is the region of the brain which mediates like spatial reasoning, motor function, and many aspects of brain wave patterns such as gamma rays and stuff like that. So they think that maybe like if you're really good at like reasoning and stuff like that, you may have a giant uh, cerebellum, which could give you like a giant occipital bump in the back of your head. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe it's a, a part of the alien DNA trait that was left over. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah. All right, Dan, tell us about this next similarity that people have. So our next similarity is that people who have been selected were often born with some type of complication, such as weeks early or not breathing. That happened to you, Dan? Actually, no. My birth uh, went pretty well. Oh, okay. Uh, I was born, I was actually upside down, and they had to do an emergency C-section with my mother. Oh. Yeah, it was a little bit of a complication. I tried diving right out of there. Or no, not diving. I tried. <laughs> that'd be the correct way. I tried jumping out. Right. And the doctor was like, he can't come out like this. He'd break his neck. So they're like, emergency C-section, let's cut him out. And then that's when they switched me. Right. I was originally born to another family and they switched me around. See, my brother was trying to come out feet first. And instead of doing a C-section, they actually were able to turn him. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Yep. All right, so this next similarity in people that were selected for testing is that they often had a near-death experience in their life, particularly drowning. Has that ever happened to you, Dan? Mm, no, I could not say that I've... Damn, dude. I don't think you were actually freaking chosen. Hey. You the chosen one? There's more similarities to this, and I match a lot of the other ones, okay? Okay, all right, well... I have to say that uh, I did have a near-death uh, experience when I was younger. Now, before we get into that, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Around first grade or whatever, we had an above-ground pool, and me and my brother was swimming in it. I jumped in, and then he jumped in after me, and I was down at the bottom, curled up in a ball trying to hold my breath. He jumped on top with a giant floaty, and I tried to swim up to get air, and I hit the floaty, and I couldn't go past it because he was... He was laying on top of it. I was young at the time. And I remember looking up and seeing the sun rays going through the water and thinking, oh, shit, I'm about to drown. Luckily, I didn't, and I survived. But that's not the only time that I almost drowned. On another occasion, uh, when I was like three or four, no, it's three, two, no, two or three, my mom took us to camp where we had, you know, the camps at, and we were on the lake. And my mom had me in one of those floaty things as a baby, just floating around. She, she turned around for just a second, talked to somebody, and then turned right back around. And she said my, I'd flip myself over in the uh, tube thing. And she flipped me back over. And I ended up, like, coughing up a whole bunch of water. Well, that night they took me to dinner, and I threw up a whole bunch of water during dinner. So, yeah. Damn. Twice. <laughs> Twice. See, I just never had any, like, incident with, like, drowning. That's what I'm really scared of, drowning. But then again, I love snorkeling, so 
I guess that's if if I go out anyway, I guess that's the way I'm going to go. Yeah, see, when I was younger, it took me a little longer than everybody else to learn how to swim. So I always had like a life vest on or something like that. And my mom would always Now my mom's Vietnamese, so she does some weird stuff, all right? Yeah, it's not that weird. Well, ne- uh, never mind. What's what's weird is that she would grab a dragonfly and then chase me around with it saying, "Let him bite let it bite you on the belly button. You'll learn how to f- uh, swim." What? Yes. Is that like their beliefs? Honestly, no, I don't think so. I think she was just messing with me the whole time. <laughs> but no, she would catch a dragonfly and then chase me with it. Oh, my God. I'm going to do that next time I see you. Don't you do that. That'll trigger some PTSD right there. But hey, I learned how to swim, though, but I didn't get bit by a dragonfly. Yeah, well, congratulations. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I can doggy paddle very well. <laughs> All right, tell us about this next uh, similarity. All right, the next similarity is that a lot of people who were a part of this program usually don't have much memory of it or their memory was suppressed until someone brings it up, which that's happened to us during this episode and last week's. Yeah, last week's, especially when we brought it up and a lot of people were saying, oh my God, you brought back some memories that I've totally forgotten. And while we were doing this episode, I remembered a few memories that I completely like pushed back about this. Dude, I pushed back those cards and the headphones. Now they're yeah. brought back up. Thanks, Aaron. Sorry. We had to dig into this, man. Something's going on. You know? All right, so this next similarity is that everyone who said that they were a part of this testing all remember having uh, either the windows in the room being covered that they were being tested in or that the room didn't have any windows in it at all, which I completely remember that. That was one of the first things I remember. See, when we talked about that, it did trigger a memory for me that the room that we first went to, the windows were covered, it was, but it was inside the school. But then I think it was my fourth and fifth grade year where they actually brought in a trailer and parked it out back of the school. And you pretty much go up the little metal steps to that and then you go inside and all the windows were covered. And that's where we did all the testing and stuff. It's weird because, okay, the, the only one I remember is being taken into uh, a room inside of the school, right, with no windows and it being extremely small. I was reading other people's experiences with this as we were researching it. And of course, we found a whole bunch of forms where people were talking about their experiences. And I saw a couple of responses where people said that, that their experiences were not in the classroom, but instead... Like you stated, they were taken to a trailer outside. So weird. That is weird. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not like they didn't have room inside the school. They just wanted a separate area for testing, I guess. Yeah. All right, Dan, tell us about this next similarity. All right, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's our last one, so don't go nowhere. All right, welcome back. The next similarity is that people who took part in this have a tendency of being followed by various individuals. Which, I mean, I've never had the feeling I was being followed. Nah, I haven't. I haven't either. I mean, I've. I, uh, I don't think I've ever been followed in my life or stalked, so. No. Yeah, at least that I'm aware of. I mean, they could be really good at it, and I'm just not aware of it, you know? Hmm. Whew. I mean, I guess they're doing a really good job if I've never really noticed. Yeah. 
but I'm pretty boring, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the next similarity is that uh, law enforcement has been extremely lenient and easy to deal with during this individual's chance encounters with them. I can say that that's been pretty much my uh, experience eh, for the most part. There's been a couple times where I had to like, you know, deal with law enforcement because they weren't lenient and they were being assholes and I took them to court and and it was all because I gave a, a homeless man $5 and he really wasn't even a homeless man. He was just an individual playing the violin. I gave him $5 and they the police gave me a ticket for impeding traffic, but I wasn't impeding traffic. I was parking in a no parking zone. So I took it to court and I fucking fought it tooth and nail, you know, and fucking prevailed. Hell yeah. But anyway, besides that, yeah, the law enforcement's been pretty lenient with me. Uh, yeah. For the most part. I've only had one incident that they weren't lenient to me. They were actually, I mean, going to say it, they were assholes. Is that where they pulled the gun on you because they thought you had a gun in a neighborhood or something? Yeah, a lady pulled up, told the officers that I just passed that I, my car had just did a drive-by on one of the houses. So as I'm driving down the road, they, of course, chased me down and guns drawn on me and everything. So that's, that's the only time they were actually not lenient towards me. But yet they never found anything because I was only 19 at the time. I did not own a handgun. Or any firearm. But, you know. Hmm. Someone had to report me. Oh, he did a drive-by. Even though the cops were like 100 yards away from me when this lady passed me. Because I, I even told him who this lady was. I was just like, I guarantee you it was this lady in this vehicle, wasn't it? And they just like looked at each other. I was just like, yeah, she gave me an ugly look as she went by. So, yeah, okay, cool. Hmm. Did you find her and beat her ass? No. No. Okay. I, I actually, I was pretty, pretty upset because not only did I have like the guns drawn on me, but they had me standing in the middle of the road with my hands behind my head. Butt naked? Yes, because they had to do a cavity search to make sure I didn't hide the gun there. Nice. No, because like one cop pulled up. This guy just out of nowhere pulls up, looks at me. I bet he threw the gun out the window. I'll go back and check the road. And I'm just like... <laughs> It's like they just searched my car, didn't find any bullets, any shells or anything like that. But yet you think I threw a gun out the window now. It's like, all right. Yeah. So they just had me standing in the middle of the road with hands behind my head and people just going past me. It was kind of embarrassing. I was like, yeah, I went home after that. Guilty until proven innocent. That's how they think. Yeah. All right. Tell us about this next similarity, Dan. All right. The next similarity is that IQs of people are often as high as 130, but the average is around 100. I couldn't even tell you how high my IQ is. It's probably like 70. Yeah, I don't even know what mine <laughs> is. I, I mean, I haven't taken an IQ test at all. I haven't either. I tried to take one. I spent like 30 minutes or like an hour taking one online. And then when I got to the end of it, it was like, oh, to get your results, please pay this amount. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. It pissed me off so bad. And then ever since then, I haven't taken one. Hey, we could take one, you know, soon. Yeah. That, that, that's our next strange fact and finding. But before we get to that, though, we still got a couple more similarities. though. So the next few similarities are pretty, uh, they're, I mean, they're not as common as the ones we just talked about. But they include uh, the individuals having early speech therapy, which I had to go to speech therapy all through elementary. 
Same. And I and I still deal with like speech impediments and stuff like that. Uh, forehead scars. I got a forehead scar, but that's from being almost knocked out with a door. Um, okay. Story time about that. The forehead scar. So as I was doing research for this, I found that, you know, similarity. And I remember I have a forehead scar and I'm pretty sure I think I told it in like the one of the episodes about like parallel dimensions or something that I think I died from that incident where I got hit in the head by a shingle and I fell off the ladder. And I remember it clear as day. So I actually went out and I asked my mom about it. I was like, hey, do you remember how I got this scar on my head? She looked at me. She's like, what scar? I'm like, and I showed her and she just looked at it. She's just like, when the hell did you get that? I was just like, I've always had it. Like always been a little self-conscious about it because, you know, usually it was very visible, but now it's kind of like it's still there, but you have to like look closely. She has no idea how I got it. She never even like realized I had a scar there. That's where they put her implants in at. Possibly. I told her the story about how I climbed the ladder when my oldest brother was doing the shingles and he threw it down and hit me in the head and I fell. And then afterwards, I don't remember a thing. You're really dead. That's what I told her. I was just like, I think I died and switched timelines. And she just like looked at me. I was just like, okay, I'll go back to my room. <laughs> yeah, I died in the drowning. I'm actually like down at the pool, you know. You're still there. At Bolton Circle, just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> in a ball. <laughs> Damn, he's still holding his breath down there years later. Yeah. All right. Um, a few of the other less common similarities would be that they're firstborn sons. I'm actually a middle child, and I know you're the baby of the family, Dan, so that doesn't apply to us. Nope. They often get migraines. I hardly ever get migraines. I get migraines all the time. Okay. Um, they usually have premonitions, or they predict the future in their dreams. I've only had that happen like once or twice. Yeah. Um, and they have an above-average intuition. Yeah. I can say that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So those are just a few of the similarities that were pointed out in the form that we looked into about people discussing the gate program, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot more out there that we just haven't figured out, you know? But those are the ones that kind of stuck out. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, so let's talk about this next strange fact and finding. Why don't you start it off for us, Dan? All right. So this next strange fact I'm finding is about the society called Mensa, which is where brilliance belongs. Have you heard of Mensa, Aaron? So the only reason why I know about this society is because at my old job, I was trying to think of things that I could put up on my wall. So I printed out a fake Mensa society certificate of being <laughs> like the top 99.99999 whatever percent smartest person alive and signed it, and then put it in a photo frame and hung it up in my office. So when people at my old job would come in, they'd be like, damn, Mensa Society, that's cool. And they'd sit down and talk to me. But if they ever asked me about it, I would say, no, 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 I just made that up, that's fake. But they hardly ever asked me about it. Oh, man, that's good. So that's the only reason why I know. Yeah, as I, as I was sleuthing the interwebs for more info on the gate program, I stumbled upon the Mensa Society. And it's just like the way they were testing kids for the gate program which anyone can actually test for it now, but you have to pay a you know, small fee. $60 if you want to take the test with a local group. I think 99, like 90 or 99 or something like that if you want to take a private test with someone watching. Yeah. And what this is, what the Mensa is, it's, it's pretty much an international society whose sole purpose 
is to gather up like a membership of people and say, hey, take this test. And if you score in the top 2% of the general population on a standardized intelligence test, well then, hey, you're a part of this Mensa International Society, right? You're top 2% in the world of the general population. You're smart as shit. Congratulations. However, if you pay for the test and you don't score in the top 2%, they're like, heh, good luck next time, dumbass. And they kick, <laughs> they kick you out the door. Actually, they don't even give you have to be a, have a special reasoning to get to be able to take the test again. You can only take it once unless they get like, they're like, oh, well, you, something happened with this, you know, scoring or something. You could take it again. But other than that, you can only get one chance. Yep. Like, good job, dumbass. You don't belong with us. How dare you come and take our test? You were in the top 3%. We only want the top 2%. Get out of here. Yeah. Peasant. <laughs> so the word Mensa translates to table in Latin, and mens means mind, and mensis means month. Now, the name mensa is reminiscent of mind table month, which suggests a monthly meeting of great minds around a table. Yeah, so supposedly the men's society, they have big gatherings where great minds come together to chit-chat, and then from one podcast I listen to, they throw some ridiculous parties. And supposedly if you get asked three times to come up to a private party, you can't say no, which was weird. What's at the private party? Don't know. Is it like a private party within a private party? I would say so, yeah. So the initial party is private, the Mensa party, and then there's an additional private party. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Very interesting. But yeah, their members, and when I say their members' age range, go from ages 2 to 106, which it's probably, what, 3 to 107 now? Because in 2021, the youngest person to join Mensa was a 2-year-old girl with an IQ of 146. God dang. I think when I was 2 years old, the only thing I was doing is still shitting in my pants and... I don't know. Watching TV? That's what I think I was doing. I wasn't doing anything else. I know that's for sure. Yeah. Damn. But how'd they test the two-year-olds? Pretty much anyone under the age of 14, if they want to take a test or the parent wants them to take a test, they have to do it at a psychologist's office or talk to their school to allow them to take the test there. And then those results would be sent to Mensa, to which then they would be just like, oh, yeah, they could become a youth member of Mensa. Just pay this fee. So supposedly it offers special benefits to joining Mensa. A lot of special benefits. And the kids testing is similar to the gate program testing? That's what it seems like. Okay. Huh. Weird. It is. And you have, a, I guess that's a, a link to their website and a, a little bit of history about them? Yeah, the history of them, because it started off in, I think, the United Kingdom, and then it became international, and then America got its own, I guess you'd say, branch of it. Okay. Well, we'll post the link up to that uh, Mensa Club in case anybody feels like they want to take a test and become a part of their society. Yeah, if you join it. If we've got any smart listeners, go take a test. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, let us know how it goes. 
If you go to the party, let us know how that goes. If you go to the private one, let us know as well. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Let us know if you get asked three times. <laughs> All right. So let's go on to our next strange fact and finding, which is about California. So as we were digging around, we found a document from 1990, which was from the California Association for the Gifted. And this document was titled Assessing and Identifying Students for Gifted and Talented Programs, which on the surface, it seems pretty basic, right? You're like, ah, okay, I don't want to read this document. It's some bullshit, right? However, when you start looking into it and reading it, there's some interesting things, you know, inside there that make you go, eh, that's a little weird. All right. So let's take a little look at that. Dan, do you want to read us the first paragraph of this document underneath Traits of the Gifted Child? Sure. The following, in parentheses, from Assessing and Identifying Students for Gifted and Talented Programs by the California Association for the Gifted in 1990, is a list of learning characteristics which are found to exist to a large degree among students identified as gifted and talented as compared with age-grade peers. While most students will demonstrate many of the characteristics, the gifted and talented student will differ in the degree to which these characteristics are present. Now, it lists an assload of characteristics. Dude, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, for an example, understands complicated concepts and relationships, possesses an unusual amount of information for his or her age within subject areas. Uh, is able to articulate ideas fluently, combines ideas and materials in unique ways. And all of these are like, you know, it, it's pretty normal stuff. Indicates unusual retentiveness, uh, expresses a dislike for drill and routine, which is a little weird. Hmm. And then it says right here, about halfway down, Indicates an ability for power of concentration, capable of an intense kind of effort, which is like eh, a little weird. And then it just gets even weirder uh, because one of the things says has a keen sense of humor, may be gentle or hostile. <laughs> Damn. <Okay. laughs> and then the next line says has a heightened self-awareness accompanied by feeling of being different. What bothers me about that is how they have that spaced out. Yeah. It's like has a heightened self-awareness. <laughs> yeah, there's big spaces. So like we said, there's a long list of uh, characteristics that everyone can feel free to read over, but that's just basically like a summary of them and we'll provide a list of it. But there's a, another thing on this document that talks about the district goals. I, you know, talking about the school district and its goals. Dan, do you want to read this for us? Yeah. So it starts off saying, teachers in the Newhall School District differentiate instruction to appropriately meet the needs of Gates students. The district goals for the Gifted and Talented Program are as follows. Number one. To provide for differentiated opportunities for learning with abilities and talents of individuals. To assist in developing problem-solving, critical thinking, and communication skills. To offer alternative learning environments. To develop realistic, healthy self-concepts. And 
the weird one of it all, not really weird, but to promote sensitivity and responsibility to others. This whole thing is weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Which kind of makes you think, like, what is the whole purpose behind this gate program, right? I mean, is it really to promote these children to become higher up in society? If so, why aren't the other children given that same, you know, chance? Or could it be a way for the government to track individuals? And this is where we kind of get like into some theories because we weren't able to find any declassified documents or any CIA documents or anything like that that points that, hey, something weird is going on here. And this document was leaked that the CIA or the FBI or somebody, some group is identifying children. However, we do have a few theories that kind of relate to that. So the first theory that we're going to talk about is called undermining. Now, this theory is that this entire gifted and talented program is, like we said, a real program, right? It's ran by school districts, and they think, hey, we're really identifying talented kids and helping them, you know, get higher and, you know, graduate sooner and go to better schools, right? However, this theory is that the Department of Education is being infiltrated by certain individuals or groups in order to gain certain information on these gifted and talented program students. So is what this program does is it identifies these gifted and talented program students and then some certain group that is kind of like behind the scenes gets that information about those students. Now. Why would this certain group want to know about these gifted students? Well, there are some theories, you know, about this, such as, you know, the government or the group that's collecting this information of the kids. They want to gather this information and they're making an active database of these children that are being identified as quote unquote talented so that they could track and control them later on in life. Now, if this gifted child later on in life doesn't follow the status quo, then they have this, they as in the group, has all of this information on this child or adult now, and they could reduce their probability of creating social bonds, relationships, careers, educations, pretty much basically making their life extremely hard for them because they know, hey, this individual is very good in this area of their life or they have a talent or they're gifted in this area and we don't want them to proceed because they're going against the status quo. Now, on the surface, this program looks good, right? This gifted and talented program for students. It looks good. I mean, you identify the students, you know, a way to track down and help gifted children. However, this theory is pretty much like I stated, it's being used as a way to instead track down and push them towards a certain agenda or status quo. And when they go off track, they have enough information on them that they could pretty much, I don't want to say gang stalk, but in reality, that's what they could be doing, right? Gang stalk or uh, make their life a living hell unknowingly, right? They get rejected for, uh, to go into this college or their tire is suddenly flat. You know, are their batteries in the remote go out or, you know, they get robbed, quote unquote. You know what I mean? 
So pretty much anything to complicate their life. Exactly. Hmm. So that's what this theory is called undermining. This program is just a giant way for a government or a group to collect information about kids, basically spying early on so that they can watch them progress and say, hey, X, Y, and Z has these traits. You need to watch them. Kind of reminds me like it's like a long-term experiment of being watched to see how you react to certain events in your life. Pretty much, yeah. And I think that's no longer being done. Like this program is no longer being done because it's no longer needed. I mean, you think about it now. Children all have phones. You can track and see, not you, but the NSA or any government can go on your phone and see what your child is looking up and seeing what they pretty much everything they type in and see all their social medias and can build a profile based on that. They don't have to send them them to these classrooms and be tested. They can do that remotely now. So, yeah, I just think they made it more efficient now. Yeah. But back then we didn't have cell phones, so that's why we were subject to that. Hmm. Anyways, that's the first theory, undermining. Interesting. I can see that. Yeah. Tell us about this next theory, Dan. All right. So this next theory is about population control. So way back when we talked about Bill and Melinda Gates episode, depopulation of the planet to where the majority of the reigning people are of high IQ levels. Do what? Say that again. So in the Bill and Melinda Gates episode, we talked about what? depopulation of the planet okay so like the georgia guidestones about like five hundred thousand people are left on earth yep yep all right so what if these testings are to find high iq levels of people and gather them like say like the mensa society they're all of people of high iqs if you're below the what 98 if you're in the 98 percent not the two percent you're not involved you pretty much are nothing to them That's how they act. They're all high and mighty. So what if it's just like that depopulation and then like say if something does go wrong and then like we talked about in Bill and Melinda, eugenics, where they mess with the DNA to where they reproduce humans with traits that they want, considering high IQs. Okay. All right. So a means of pretty much population control. Identify high IQs, get rid of the rest, get rid of the dumbasses. Pretty much. Damn, I'd be gone right away. Yeah, I would be too. Damn. All right. So let's go on to our next theory, which is my favorite, by the way. Well, no, no, no. The next theory after this one's my favorite, but this one's up there. Okay. So this theory is called Extended MKUltra. All right. This theory states that this gifted and talented program is just an extension of Project MKUltra. Now, I know pretty much everybody knows what Project MKUltra is, right? We did an episode over it. We talked about it extensively. However, if you don't know what it is, I'll sum it up in a nutshell. It was a top-secret CIA project in which the CIA conducted hundreds of experiments on unwilling participants in which they tried to see if certain tactics would allow them, a.k.a. the CIA, to be able to mind-control people, okay? Now, a lot of the records about this project were destroyed. However, some of them were found, and that's how this MKUltra came to light. 
So that's what pretty much MKUltra is. And this theory is pretty much saying, did MKUltra really end in 1974? Or did it just continue in more kind of like a underground, undercover manner in our public school system? Could it be that gifted students are being identified and segregated in order to be programmed for maybe a higher or a more sinister purpose? If so, that means pretty much we're letting schools brainwash and manipulate our children, whether or not they know it, the school district, that is. Hmm. It's an extension of mind control. That's what this gifted program is. Eh. Eh. I can kind of see that. I like my first theory undermining the best so far. See, that's what I want to say, the undermining. Just because when I was in school, I knew I was friends with a kid for a while that he was very smart. He was in like the advanced placement classes all through elementary, middle and high school. And like he had excellent grades, but he became a bus driver. What's wrong with being a bus driver? I'm saying like his grades and all that. He, ha- he could have got scholarships and all that stuff going to college and everything. But he ended up being a bus driver. Now, I'm not saying anything's wrong with being a bus driver. He seems to enjoy it, though. Hey, I want anybody who's listening to this episode who's a bus driver to pretty much slam Dan in the comments. <laughs> I mean, go ahead, slam me. It, it just seems weird, though. Okay. So you're pretty much saying he didn't live up to his full potential. Yeah. Say, say like you were saying, undermining. Maybe he didn't want to follow their ways. So instead of him going to college or something like that, you know, he decided to say settle to be a bus driver. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I just thought it was weird because he had excellent grades. He, and like, see, the thing is, though, he talked about going to college all the time, but he never did. Maybe he had to stay home and uh, work so he could support his family. I don't know. Maybe his family needed money or something. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Like, once we got into high school, we went our separate ways. Mm. All right, Dean, tell us about this next theory, which is my favorite, by the way. All right. Our next theory is about aliens. So this theory is that back in the 1950s and 60s, aliens landed on Earth. These aliens then tried to blend in with humans to learn their ways. The government found out about this and tried to think of tactics to identify them. Eventually, they created this tactic of the gifted program. The government uses the cover of identifying gifted kids, but instead are trying to sniff out alien children so they can identify their parents. I mean, it could go the same way with uh, trying to identify reptilian lizard people. Yeah, so pretty much the government is using this gifted program to say, hey, are you an alien child? If so, we know who your alien parents are. Hmm. Makes you think, huh? Undercover aliens. And they're probably just like, oh, you have that bun thing? Occipital bun, yeah. So you're not an alien. Want people that didn't have it or... I'm just kidding. I don't know. Yeah, they wanted people that did have it. Yeah. So. Hmm. Damn. Maybe it was a way for them to identify time travelers. Shoot, what if it's actually aliens doing the testing? Oh, shit. Or what if it's a way for the government to track down AI? Maybe AI has already exploded, right? And instead of it being aliens, it's been robots who came down and created themselves to look like humans for a secret takeover. Oh. And the only way that they could identify them, kind of like, you know, Blade Runner, when they put their eyes up to the thing and they ask questions. And how they respond, they can tell if they're a, a uh, alien or not, or not an alien, but a robot. But not from outer space, though. From hollow Earth. Oh, shit. I love these theories, man. I love them. Boom. Just reminded me of the fifth element where they had to put their hands against the wall. What are you? Corbin Dallas. <laughs> All 
I am a meat popsicle. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about our last theory, which is about the CIA. So this theory is that this gifted program is being used as a way for the CIA to identify and watch these gifted children grow up and then eventually recruit them. Basically, it's a way for them to find prospects and then, hey, say, hey, you guys want to join? I mean, it could could be possible. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that one and the undermining one being the top two theories of mine. Yeah. I can see the undermining in the CIA recruitment. The extended MK Ultra kind of population control, eh, not really, but... Yeah, I don't think it's population control. Aliens, I mean, if there are aliens and they're undercover, the government has to have a way for them to identify them, so it could be possible that this would be a way, you know. But mind control, yeah. But overall, I do think there is some weirdness. And eventually, I think it's going to come to light. As of right now, I don't think in our lifetime it will. I think maybe in like 2100 or 2125, some CIA documents are going to be released that state, hey, in the 1990s, kids were subjected to a program called the GATE program in which they were tested. And these children, you know, if they were gifted, they were tracked and watched. And if they didn't follow the status quo, they were basically sidelined and uh, made their life extremely hard. That's what I think. That's my personal thought and theory. Gun to your head, what do you think, Dan? I think CIA recruitment or FBI, one of the central intelligence agencies, one of the government agencies, one of them. People, they test to see how smart you are, and, but see, also see how much they can manipulate you. Okay. And as they progress through it, they end up recruiting you because they've already started their testing on you. Okay. That's plausible. I'd put that up there as being plausible. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there's a few more things I want to talk about um, when it comes to like our personal thoughts and theories. And I mentioned this earlier that something that I kind of like was a repressed memory that kind of like brought itself back up when we were doing this research was my confetti night or my confetti nights. I'm almost 100% sure I have told this story before on this podcast and uh i didn't make the connections until now you know when we were doing our research so if you remember i told a story about uh me being in second or first or second grade and when our family used to live on a peanut farm and uh in my room my room used to be across from my brothers and in that room my brother would often say he would look across the hallway and see like a man in all black cover my head up with the covers and he would scream for my mom and the guy would tell my mom, or the guy would turn to my brother's home to be quiet and then go back in the corner and kind of disappear. Well, I vividly remember at nighttime being in that room and having my Ninja Turtle covers up. And what I did as a child, which is very odd, is I would chew on my covers, like not my um, big, thick comforter blankets, but like my bed sheets, my really thin Ninja Turtle bed sheets. I'd chew on them. I don't know why I did it. But, anyways, I'd chew on them. My mom would get all pissed off. But, anyways, at nighttime, this happened like a couple times. I would see confetti fall from the ceiling, and colorful confetti, and it would just fill up the room. Now, this was around the time whenever I was being pulled into the room and given these tests, and I didn't really connect the two until just now, you know, or until we went over the, uh, the research for this, which I find it extremely odd 
you know, that that took place whenever I was being tested. Because many people uh, who have gone through this testing remember being um, or having these colorful fractal hallucinations after their testing, which that's pretty much what the confetti was, was like fractal, colorful fractal hallucinations of sorts. Hmm. Anyways, I just thought I'd mention that. I don't think I've had anything like that. Nothing like that? It's just me? I'm just the fucked up one? Yeah. Okay. Love you still. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So I know we mentioned that we were going to call Anna, and I'm going to do that right now, as a matter of fact. Or Annie. Let me see. Where's her phone number at in my phone? Ah, here we go. Okay. Calling her up to ask her if she's ever been a part of this program. She has no idea we're doing this, by the way. Call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message. Forwarded my call. Three, one, nine. Oop, 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 oop. <laughs> Gonna have to bleep that out. Please record your message. Hey, we're recording an episode right now, and I just had a couple questions that I wanted to ask you about your experiences growing up, and if any of this stuff happened to you while you were in school. Give me a call back when you get a chance. Bye. All right, since she didn't answer, we're gonna call. Our creative uh, design guy, who we hired a few weeks ago, Caleb. Oh. I mean, he's around our age range, so we'll give him a call and see if he's ever had any experience. I doubt he'll answer, but we'll see. Hello? Oh, my God. It's a miracle. <laughs> What's up, man? What up, baby? What you doing? Uh, we're in the middle of recording. I had a question for you, and you're being recorded, by the way. Hello? All right, uh, I want you to think back, back when you were in elementary school, between the grades of first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, were you ever pulled into a classroom uh, that had no windows and tested and given, like, certain tests? One time, and it was for, you know how they had, like, the gifted and talented or whatever? Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why do you ask? That's what our episode is over right now. Me and Dan both experienced that as well. Are you serious? Yes. So what are y'all thinking? I don't know. It's like super weird. Uh, I'll, I'll holler at you tonight about it and tell you our theories and stuff. But if you can think back, can you remember what tests they gave you? They just asked me a bunch of questions. It was, dude, honestly, it was probably in like third grade. So I don't remember everything they asked. Did they make you listen to sounds? Did they put headphones on you and tell you to listen to some sounds? I do not remember that. Did they give you uh, flashcards and say, hey, what does this look like? And it was like a blob of ink, and you had to describe what it was? Yes. So there was stuff like that, and then like problem-solving type questions, too. Tell them I sent him two pictures. Hey, Dan sent you two pictures. Does it have okay. to do with the thing, Dan? Yes. Yeah, it has to do with it. Look at it and tell us. If those bring any, like, memories back. Okay. I sure will. Dude, did y'all get those photos? Did you get the photos I sent y'all? Of the the special project we're working on with the stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I loved them. I'll uh, holler at you after this episode. We're pretty much wrapping it up. Okay, sounds good. I'll look at those pictures. All right, let us know what you think. All right, later, bye. All right, Anna just called me. Oh, called her back. So it's weird, man. <laughs> same gifted and talented, same grade, same tests. That's crazy. All right, let's call Anna back and see. Well, hello. What up? 
Not much. Just making some dinner. What are you making? I'm making Logan a cheese sandwich. Oh, sweet. Hey, yeah. I got a question for you real quick, and you're you're being recorded. Okay, what's up? Now, I need you to think way back to the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade. During those times in elementary school, were you ever taken out of class and pulled into for a, a hearing test? For like a hearing test and yes. like taken into a room away from yeah, everything? I remember that. I don't know how I knew you were going to ask me that, but yes. I definitely had a hearing tests. Um, even our son had one done. They didn't tell us about it. He just had a sticker on his chest. So I was like, I had my hearing tested today. But when I think about it now, growing up, looking back, I think it's really weird going into this like box and then doing tests because it wasn't just hearing. I feel like I filled out paper tests too. Did they show you a flashcard of like like a ink blob test and say, hey, what does this look like? I don't remember that part. Okay. Do you remember what grade it was in? Um, I do not. All right. Well, we're seeing similarities here, and it's strange. Super strange. Um, yeah, I think it's really weird that that happened to, to all of us as we were kids, but none of us talk about it. Yeah, it's apparently everybody's freaking had it done to them, and that's why we're covering an episode today over it. So weird. So we just yeah, thought we just thought we'd call right. you and ask you if you were a part of the program. Almost definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, is there any words you want to give to the listeners? Anything you want to say to them while you're here? Obviously, I miss you guys, and definitely, I need to. I need to get on that damn Discord. I'm a busy woman. Okay. <laughs> so you guys. I do honestly, I miss you guys. I, I miss talking about this stuff. And um, sorry, I haven't been around as much, but uh, life happens. And if anybody wants to find or talk to you or get a hold of you or check you out, it's wisdom yeah. and wisdom in Wonderland, right? Well, that's my my one that I had when I left the show, but now I have a different one for my business. That's Eternal Wonderland, and that's on TikTok. It's pretty much the only thing I'm on. If you want to find me, Eternal Wonderland in TikTok. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you guys don't go any boxes that you don't know what's in because you never know what's going to happen. Watch your butthole. <laughs> yeah, keep your buttholes clean. Shiny All buttholes. right, we'll talk to you later. Love you. <laughs> All right, love you too. Bye. Bye. All right, Caleb called us in the middle of that call, so I got to call him back. Uh-oh, he must have seen the pictures. Hello? Hello, did you call? I did. I So I have seen the flashcards, but I don't remember the, the like, earphones uh, and stuff like that. Uh, they probably upgraded by then. Yeah, they upgraded by then. That's right. Yeah. It's so long ago. I don't really remember, though. Hey, got a question. Is there a large bump in the back of your head? Like a math bump? Like where? Like in the back of your head. Like directly back of your head. Do you have a bump? Like a bone kind of bump? I'm feeling it right now. I don't think so. Mm. Have you ever had any uh, near-death experiences? Like two days ago. Did you almost drown? <laughs> oh, God. oh, besides you, get, besides you all getting a gun pulled on you, have you ever almost drowned? Uh, no. Okay. I have not. Is that what they do when they bring you in? When they put you under they, in the room? They waterboard you. No, no, no. It's just <laughs> one of the similarities. Uh, do you have a forehead scar? I don't know because I always wear a hat. I never see my forehead. <laughs> Let me look real quick. I have a forehead freckle. Oh. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, we're going to go. We'll holler at you here in a little bit. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> well, it's weird. Very weird. It is. God, the fact that Caleb knew exactly what we were talking about straight up. Yeah. And so did Anna. She was like Granny. She was like, yeah, I, I knew what you're talking about. And man. So odd. It is odd. Very odd. 
And if anybody has any like things they want to add to this, feel free to comment in the Patreon comment section, or if it's like fairly long, send us an email, you know, additional stuff that happened to you or additional testing or anything like that. We'd love to hear about it because we're trying to find out, is this just a basic program or is there like a more nefarious reason behind it, you know, because it seems like that's what it's pointing towards. It almost seems like it's only happened in the United States. I haven't seen anything about internationally. So if anybody, you know, outside of the United States, if y'all have experienced anything or heard of anything about this, let us know. Yeah, we'd love to hear about it. All right. Well, that's pretty much the end of the episode. Do you have anything else you want to add, Dan? Uh, just like Annie said, don't go into any weird boxes. <laughs> yeah, don't go into any weird boxes or anything. All right. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today and thank you for your support. You are all amazing. Every single one of you. Don't go into any boxes, okay? And watch your buttholes. Keep them clean. Buy a bidet. Shiny buttholes. Shiny buttholes. Wash your ass, okay? All right. Well, with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone. You have one new message. Broski. Broski. Look, y'all gonna have to give me a heads up before you start recording my ass. Especially 10 minutes prior, I just ripped a bong and I'm high as draft pussy. I can't even remember what I did 10 minutes ago, much less in fucking third grade. <laughs> so let your boy know. Give your boy a little leniency, you know what I'm saying?